1: Some media outlets have Utah winning the Pac-12. Helmets Off is on. Hey, welcome to another edition of Helmets Off. I'm your host, Scott Mitchell. And uh, thank you for joining in. We've got a a great show today. Uh, University of Utah starts its season, part of the Pac-12. Who's going to be their new starting quarterback and, of course, A few outlets actually have Utah winning the Pac-12. That's right, all of the Pac-12. Is that a possibility or are we just fooling ourselves? And then we have a fun, good, better, and worst segment of things in the NFL. So it's a fun segment we do where we talk about what's good, we talk about what's better, and we talk about what's the worst. Oh, and there is a worst, trust me. Um thank you again for joining in and if you uh if you like us uh please please go to uh uh Facebook at the helmets off podcast or Twitter at the helmets off show and uh check in if you have any questions you have any comments you like us whatever we'd love to hear from you so thank you. Okay. Uh Utah will start its first game and they'll have a brand new quarterback. Of course Tyler Huntley was uh, very successful uh, helping lead Utah to two Pac-12 championship games and uh, there's a new sheriff in town and who's it going to be and i'm i'm not so much sure who it's going to be i i think i have an idea but i will just tell you that uh, it's more of kind of what to expect in your first game and it's it's uh it's hard to describe to people it's hard to describe because if you watch a football game, you're watching it um, from the side. And one of the weirdest things that happens is when you get into a game for the first time, the the view now changes. And you're actually watching it like in line. If you're in the end zone, it's it's kind of a similar type of view that you would see a game. But most people, when they see a, t- a game on TV or, or a good majority of fans in the stand, see it from a side view. And it may seem like a small thing, but it's really kind of odd to all of a sudden you're in the in the huddle and you walk up to the line of scrimmage and go, "Oh, this this looks different." So it's a, it's just a different view when you see it for the very first time. And then the next thing that's I think always fascinating, these are these are like little things that like nobody tells you about and and how much significance they have. A lot when it's your first time playing, you know, if you've never been out in the field, it's like, oh, uh, this is, it's just, it's a surprise to you. As you, as you leave the huddle and and you're, and you're moving towards the line of scrimmage, the next thing that's kind of freaky is all the defensive players are facing you. And of course, a lot of quarterbacks in their mind build up, you know, this ferocious defense and they're trying to get me and, you know trying to beat them and all this stuff and you have to look them right in the eye and face them right and uh, they try to be intimidating and you know say things and scowl and, and and grunt and yell and they have they have this crazy you know um eye black painting on their face that makes them look like some fierce warrior and all these things and whenever i saw that for the first time the the thought that would come into my mind was these guys are not as big as they, they look like they're kind of small. And that's a dangerous thing to think because a lot of those smaller guys are usually quicker. And uh, it's kind of when you have a bunch of big guys, you know, that it's maybe easier. And so, so the size of things don't, don't be misled by the look of a defense because most of the time uh, the defenses are pretty good, but it's just a weird thing, right? So the, just the view part, of the game when you go from a side view and then all of a sudden you're facing it for the first time and then they're looking at you. And then the next thing that really, really jumps out at you is the speed. And the speed is like nothing you can, you can prepare for in practice. It's not, you can't simulate it. It's, it's a different tempo. Uh, There, there's noise from the crowd and that, and that's something that that the teams won't have to deal with this year, but it's a new thing to have to deal with to, to have no crowd. A lot of players get excited. They get, you know, pumped up by, by the crowd and not having that really changes, you know, their, their mindset to some degree, but um, so, so crowd and people watching you and now you're kind of the center of the universe and everyone all eyes are focused on you. That's it. That's a, a different thing that you don't, you don't experience in practice. You don't experience any of this in practice. And it's, it's a, it's a new visual look. And a lot of times it can really throw players off in the beginning when they're first coming out, you know, and starting for the first time. And, and so it's, it's, uh, it's a weird physical optical look that you're you're not used to or you don't you don't see in practice because in practice there's usually a coach around and your teammates are kind of um huddled up behind the line of scrimmage and they're watching the play and when you get in a game all that all that goes away and it disappears and then there's so there's the speed and the speed is just like it's just it's just fast and i know it sounds silly but it's fast i mean it's it's quite a um a rush getting used to that so then um then it's this whole and so there's the speed of things but all of a sudden it's like this is real in practice you're never live as a quarterback and all of a sudden you're going to get hit for the first time or you're going to they you know they don't they don't hold up and that's that's something that the, a lot of guys you know they get kind of gun-shy, it it really throws them off when they they deal with that for the first time in the game because it's so fast you really are doing things intuitively and and instinctively you're just you're just reacting and some guys react well and handle it and other guys they are just crazy like they don't they don't handle it well and one of the things that's like so valuable And so you have Andy Ludwig who's the offensive coordinator really needs to dial in some plays early that get that quarterback in a, in a positive flow. The first play, most of the time you're like, you're, you're so pumped up that your body just, it's feeling something you're just not used to uh, feeling. And so you're trying to, you know, kind of work in, um, managing all of that feeling and it's hard so having those those plays where they're just comfortable plays and they kind of get you out of this hyped mode and just get you locked into the game my coaches when I was in high school they used to run quarterback sneaks with me the first, every game because I'd get you know I get so pumped up before every game let alone the first game I was I was ever playing it was kind of kind of interesting. My first game, I ever played in in college was at San Diego State, and I went into the game, not at the start. I went in like in the second quarter and completed my first eight passes in a row, and and so I was just it, I was I was just so ready for it, and and it, and it just kind of happened. But um, getting used to and getting comfortable early on in a game because if you don't. So let's say you go out in your first series and you hand the ball off and you throw a pass on second down and it's an incomplete. and You throw a pass on third down and it's complete for three yards. Then you go over to the sideline and you're still dealing with all this emotional stuff of the start of the game. And then you get into your next series. And if you're not careful, sometimes you can carry on that emotion into the second quarter, even into halftime. And you'll see these teams, they'll get they'll get down early in games. And they're like, and it's before they ever even get into the flow of the game. So really getting into the flow of the game, whoever the quarterback is for Utah, really needs – they need that. And that's one of the most important things that can happen for whoever starts for Utah is getting into that flow early. And so much of it is on what the coach calls, the plays. And if they call the right plays, the plays that the player is confident with and comfortable with and executes and has success early – then, then it's a lot easier to have a really good day. Otherwise you're kind of dealing with this new emotion and, and excitement of playing and it's, and it's a real thing and it's, and it's, uh, some, it's kind of hard sometimes uh, to manage. If you're a guy like Cam Rising, a lot of young players manage this by just running, right? They, 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 they're just so hyped up, just, so they run. And he may, if he's the starter, rely on that early in a game just to kind of, okay, get, get settled and, and get comfortable. If it's Jake Bentley, you know, he just needs a couple of throws and here's some, some concepts that are, you know, highly, um, uh, you know, successful plays, or high percentage plays. And, you know, you just complete one or two of those. It's like, okay, I'm off, I'm off and running. And whatever, it's just just get that quarterback in a flow early in the game. Early in the game. All right, we're gonna take a take a break here. Um, But apparently, there are folks national national outlets who actually have Utah winning the Pac-12. I kind of agree. Uh, We'll talk about it when I come back.
0: But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All
1: right, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here, talking about the, the University of Utah potentially being a Pac-12 champion. And that's a real thing. It's a real thing. And, and people go, wait a minute, there's no way. I mean, this defense lost uh, nine guys. There's two two starters. Now, there's a lot of guys returning who uh, played a lot. Most, most of the D-line, uh, guys in the secondary, there's you know a couple, of, a couple of guys in the secondary have played a lot. They're moving a, a safety who played a lot, Nephi Sewell, uh, to linebacker. And, uh, and they've got talent. They're, they're very young in the secondary, but they're talented. And they'll be tested early. This team, this team will be tested uh, with, with um, people are going to come after them. And it's just, that's just the way it is. And, and that's okay. I mean, that, that's that's how you learn with things. But here, here's kind of – here's what it looks like for Utah. And this is why I think there's very, very much a possibility of Utah winning. This defense under Kyle Whittingham always finds a way to get it done. It, it's, it's been a strength for this Utah team in its whole existence in the Pac-12 and in Kyle Whittingham's whole tenure as a Utah coach. So it may be an experience, but they'll get that thing going. Utah has a lot of explosion on offense. Great receiving core, great tight ends, four running backs that are very capable, and two really talented quarterbacks. They they really are maybe the most complete team offensively in the entire Pac-12. And they return four of five starting offensive linemen, and number five actually saw time – last year. So this is a t- this is a team that really really has the potential on paper to be a top offense in the Pac-12. So you have you have a team that uh maybe maybe they're going to need a little help offensively early and the, and and with uh you know with some of the learning pains that go along with young players on defense. But they have games early. They have Arizona at home, they're on the road at UCLA. And then they're, and so those two very winnable games early on. Then they play USC at home. And USC is, you know, by a lot of people, well, they're picked to win the South. They don't play well in Salt Lake. They're going to be playing sometime in late November. It's not going to be warm. Uh, the crowd isn't there, so it's certainly a, a different feel, and that certainly helps Utah. But, uh, you know, if you're going to get the best team in your division, you want them at home and you want them after you've had some time to get the flow of things. So these first two games for Utah are critical, get your feet wet, get things under, you know, underneath you a little bit and then, and then go into that game, you know, about as ready as you possibly could be to play USC and USC's always talented. They're always good. They're always, they're tough to beat. You win the conference, you got to typically beat uh, USC or the, the Southern division but the real game is at Arizona State. And Arizona State is really um they got a there there's a lot of people that uh, they have to replace um that and 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 they're kind of rebuilding quarterbacks very good. They're kind of an up and down team so you just you just never know. But really it's the only road test of the whole entire season. So it's like just you know, whatever you do, it's like just put everything into that game. I mean, that that to me is the championship, if you want if quite frankly. Then you're home against Oregon State. And if you have to pick a team from the north side of the Pac-12, it's a great draw for Utah, and it's out of division game. The only one it has this year. You know, they, they don't have to play Washington this year. They don't have to play Oregon. Uh, and, and so they, they got a good draw that way. And then the last game is at Colorado, and Colorado is a team that's really struggling and trying to find itself. The the bit of talent it had is gone. They're they're starting all over. So it really it really is. I mean, Utah could easily go six and zero easily, and then they're going to play probably Oregon in the championship game. And who knows? I you know I guess they play it at whatever teams you know, and and to get Oregon at home, at Utah. You know, yeah, Utah very, very easily could be the Pac-12 champion. I don't think that's a that's a crazy proposition at all. Uh, The 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 question is is how much can the defense grow um, through the season because they're very talented. They're just inexperienced. All right, we're gonna take another break here. We come back. It's good, better, or worst in the NFL, and uh, that's a fun segment. So you'll want to stick around for what I think is good and what I think is better. And also, the worst thing that's happening in the NFL. Right now. Hey, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here. Uh, glad that you're joining us uh, today. Fun topics, All right? We're going to get into this uh, good, better, and worst uh, that's happening in the NFL. So I like to, from time to time, kind of look at some things that are, uh, you know, they, they work. They, some things work a little better, and some things aren't working at all. Let's start with what I think is good. You know, as, as I thought about this, there, there are a lot of things I could say I think are good in the NFL. But one of the things that's good in the NFL right now is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're very quietly – um they lead the NFC south they uh you, uh you know of course tom brady his his first game of the year was a little sketchy uh and uh, in new orleans you know he's had a couple of faux pas but this team is good his team is good uh he's kind of taken to bruce arian's system they put a lot on him He's got weapons around him, and he's getting more weapons. Uh, this uh, The defense, you know, Antonio Brown has is actually, is actually now joined the, the Buccaneers and probably one of the few places Antonio Brown could go in the NFL and kind of be – because you don't want to corral a guy like that, but you just want to kind of, um, you know, just, just help him go in the right direction. And and as long as as long as Antonio Brown is at the line of scrimmage and running forward, you're gonna be in a good good shape there. And he and he'll add another dimension to that football team in a in a massive way. And then of course, um the thing I don't think a lot of people are really talking about is the defense. Like Tampa's got a Tampa's got a pretty good defense. And and so this team is this team is really excelling uh and, and they're doing it in somewhat of a quiet way. Uh so so I just I just felt like Tom Brady and as you watch he just seems to get better as the season goes on and and he just and and this is a team that uh you know they he understands how to win championships and he understands you know you got to be playing your very best football at the end of the season and he just you, you just see what's happening there and they just they just they're just getting Better and better, and then you know they have Gronk, and 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 he's a you know he's a pro- I don't want to say he's a problem, but he's a he's a player that that uh, Tom Brady certainly has a lot of comfort with. And as you look at this and you see how the New England Patriots are really struggling this year, and you have to wonder. I mean, I mean, you know Tom Brady's not there anymore, and he and he's a heck of a player. But there, there are a lot of other players that uh, you know contributed to that success. But it's it's an odd thing to see the New England Patriots struggling uh, with football without without Tom Brady, and uh, he's doing a good job in Tampa. Okay, well, what's better? What's better than Tom Pabe and Tom Brady, and the Bucks? I'll tell you what's better, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I mean, we're we're halfway through a season. Uh, in the NFL. And it's been great, you know, even with, with limited fan interaction uh, being able to watch the games uh, has been a fantastic thing, but there's a team that no one's really talking about. I mean, you hear about Patrick Mahomes and you hear about Russell Wilson in Seattle, and you've, you've had a resurgence of the Rams in LA and and you've had, um, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are playing quite well, and 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 you you know, and of course you know Tom Brady and and some of that stuff, the Tennessee Titans. But what's fascinating to me is there's one team in the NFL right now that's undefeated, one, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you don't hear anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, this is this is a franchise it's you know not chopped liver i mean they've they've been to uh, a lot of championships they've won a lot of championships Uh, they've had success for a lot of years a lot of years and no one is talking about the season that the pittsburgh steelers are having nobody's talking about ben roethlisberger nobody's talking about anything that's going on in pittsburgh and pittsburgh i mean. I think a lot of people with Ben Roethlisberger, it's kind of like Tom Brady. They kind of said, "Yeah, he, you know, he kept getting injured, and he kept kind of he'd start out and then he'd fizzle out, and and uh, and and he really kind of took that year off and got himself healthy, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And now he's now he's healthy, and he just seems like he's got this fresh attitude, and this team is winning." And they're winning as a team, you know. It's not one a one-sided deal here, and you know, and you know they know how to win. You know they know how to win. I mean, this is this is not a team that's like never been there before, and a quarterback that's never been there. I'm just telling you. Well, the I think one of the better and best things happening in the NFL right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody except for me. I get on these things early uh, and I wake up early in the morning and pay attention. All right. Well, let me tell you what the worst thing that's happening in the NFL right now. And that ain't hard at all. And the worst thing in the, in the NFL is the NFC East. I like to, and it's been called the NFC least. And, uh, it's really scary to think that a team is going to win a division and more than likely not have a winning record. I mean, you have these teams. You have, you have the New York football giants who are struggling. And they're, they're like – they're right in the middle of this. And they, and they can't find a way to win a football game. Now they've, they've had some key injuries. They've lost some key players. There's question marks about is their quarterback, you know, is he capable? I don't know. You have the Dallas Cowboys who are a train wreck. They're just awful right now. And they have, you know, they're they're on like quarterback four or five, and that's awful to be on four and five. And it's just it's just an absolute disaster. And they're still in it. And then you have the Washington football team, and they don't know what they're trying to figure out at quarterback and and who they are. And their coach is, you know, Ron Rivera. You know, he's probably a stabilizing influence in that organization that's certainly chaotic. And they're still in it. And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles and, and the Eagles are leading the division with a losing record. They they've lost four games and a half a game because it's a tie and they've only won three and we're eight games into the season and they've won three games. And this is a team and and all these other teams are right there with them. (coughs) Excuse me. So it's, it's it's crazy what's actually happening in the NFC East and it's awful. But if you look at the team that's actually winning, it's the one that has the most stable quarterback position. And Carson Wentz right now is about the most unstable quarterback position of stable quarterback positions that you could have in the NFL. He's he's on the verge. There you know, it's it's just it's here's a guy who is an MVP candidate a few years ago and just never has played to that potential. And I don't know what it is. It just feels like he's not healthy. It feels like there's not a lot around him, but he, he just, he's really, he's fighting a lot of things right now. Anyways. um, The best team in the NFC East least is Philadelphia and they are a train wreck. I just hope For the sake of the NFL, that when this thing is all done with, that one of these teams in the NFC East finds a way to at least get to 500. I mean, I'm pulling for Philadelphia to just get to 500 and win the division because it'll be ugly uh, if they don't. All right, well, there you have it. Helmets Off is now off. Again, go to Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. And until then, we'll see you there.